Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Good morning, church. How y'all doing today? Y'all are awake this morning. Y'all are awake this morning. So uh, my name is Lane Sprague and uh, I am the associate student pastor here at Crossroads Church with The Exchange. Me and my wife, uh, Caitlin, just came in as a part of the church family here just a few weeks back. And uh, man, I am so excited to be here sharing the word of God with you guys this morning. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and dive right in. Uh, Today I'm gonna be talking to you guys about the calm and the chaos. Can y'all say that with me? The calm and the chaos. So... In Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 41, it says, and on that day when evening had come, Jesus told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took Jesus along since he was already in the boat and other boats were with him. A fierce windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern sleeping on the cushion. So they woke Jesus up and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we're gonna die? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, silence, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we're in a day and age where there's always a storm brewing, right? And we see this, we see here in the Bible, they're going on this journey They're going from one side of the sea to the other side of the sea, and there's a storm in the middle of it. And I think right now, no more than ever before, we are having a storm in our country and in our world, and there are people who do not know Jesus that are taking their eyes off of him in the middle of that storm. But I wanna define what a journey is to you guys. So a journey we define in our humanity is an act of traveling from one place to another, from point A to point B. So I had the privilege of going on a journey this last week to youth camp, where my exchange students at. So we, I had the privilege of going on my first youth camp with the exchange and here in Louisiana. And let me tell y'all, I learned something about the journey is it is hot outside. Let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all. I was a little nervous we coming back from church camping. Guys, I've been screaming, yelling, hoorahing with our students getting fired up and, and I lost my voice and I was just praying the last two days. I was like, God, please give me a voice. Do not let the enemy silence me. I gotta get on stage and I don't wanna sound like one of my students up there with my voice crackling and popping. You know what I'm saying? I got a little nervous, but you know, the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. You know, another journey that I've had the privilege to go on was, um, you know, over the last eight years of my life, I've had the privilege to go on a journey from Missouri to Louisiana, back to Missouri, and then here I am back at home with you guys. And let me tell you something about that journey. I've learned a few things. Is one, that it is way more hot here in Louisiana than it is Missouri. The roads, don't even get me started on the roads. <laughs> There's a pothole every square inch. In Missouri, they got fresh highways, it's smooth riding, but it's been a journey. You know, whenever I first came here, my relationship with God was so surface level. I didn't pray a lot, I didn't read my word a lot, I just knew God called me to do greater things. My journey was stepping out in faith to be here and learn from God. And then here I am just, you know, 
seven years later from taking that first step, eight years later from taking that first step and I get to stand in front of you guys and share the word of God and I'm thankful. One of my favorite journeys to go on is every summer we love to go canoeing, right? How many of y'all been canoeing? Floating, canoeing, I don't know what they call it, but let me tell you, this is an interesting journey. And if you ever wanna know, is this the right person for me? You got a boyfriend, you got a girlfriend, you're testing the waters, you see if you wanna get married, go canoeing with them. Y'all want a litmus litmus test for your relationship? Go canoeing. And on that note, I'd like to let you guys know we do offer counseling here at Crossroads Church. (laughs) Pastor Bud and his team are awesome and they'd love to help you guys and coach you through that. But canoeing is an interesting thing because I'll tell you what, the first time I ever went canoeing with my wife, I'm just sitting in the back of the boat just like this the whole time. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to go left and she's trying to go right. What are we gonna do, God? How are we gonna make it through this? And I'm like, no, stop, 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 stop. And she's like, I already stopped. What do you want me to do? I'm like, I just want you to listen. I just want you to listen. But there's a few things I've learned about the journey and I wanna share them with you today. So my first thing that I've learned about the journey is that not everyone on our journey is meant to handle the storm with us. You see in verse 35, it says, on that day when evening had come, Jesus told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd They left the crowd and they took Jesus along since he was already in the boat and other boats were with him. You see, God is calling you to do something greater, person. Church, we're called in such a time as this to step out more than ever before. But I think it's so important that we understand on that journey that we're embarking on, that Jesus is calling on, that there are people that we're gonna have to leave behind. There are people in your circle right now that are not gonna be able to make that next step into your destiny with God. You see, we get so caught up and we get this mentality like God's calling me to do greater things. And man, you know, I, I, I understand the importance of we gotta get everybody there with us. You have a radical encounter with God, you need to be telling people about him. The people in your circle are the people you need to be telling. But let me tell you, he is going to call you to do something greater. He's going to call you to take a step of faith that may be overwhelming to them, that they're not meant to handle. And that's okay. That's okay. What we can't do though, church, what we can't do is we can't get so hung up on trying to bring everybody with us that we delay our date with destiny. You see... Here we are in Mark chapter four, they're going on this journey, they're going and they're facing this storm. And at the very end of chapter four is where we read the story of the storm. And at the very beginning of chapter five, it says they arrived at the other side and they stumbled into a man who was stumbling out of the tombs. He was possessed by the legion. And let me tell you, I don't know about you guys, but when I was driving here, I'm all about looking at that GPS time, right? I'm sitting there wondering, okay, guys, if I can go, you know, two miles over, how much time is that going to cut off over a 10-hour drive, right? Y'all don't be playing with me now, church. I know better than that. Some of y'all be like, man, I'd be going like 10 over. Maybe I can shave a couple hours off. So whenever I'm making this trip to Missouri, you know, I'm, uh, you know, from Missouri to here, I'm like, okay, well, if I leave at this time, I should get here around, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock. But how many of you guys know that's not how it happens? You got a wife, three kids, and two dogs. You're not going to make it on time, ever. <laughs> But this is what I know. If I pull into Lafayette, Louisiana at five o'clock, there's gonna be a whole lot more stores open than when I pull into Lafayette, Louisiana at seven o'clock. If I pull in at five o'clock, that car that's sitting right next to me on Evangeline Thruway at, that, at, the, at one of 37 stoplights is not gonna be the same person sitting there when I pull in at seven o'clock. 
And I just sit here and wonder as I'm reading the story, if Jesus would have spent all this time, if the disciples in the crowd would have spent all this time trying to get everybody on the shore in the boat with them, would they have stumbled into that man? The timing of the story of the man on the other side is so, everything about it is so detailed, so perfect. You see, they're just so happy. It just so happens to be feeding time on the hillside for the pigs. I'm not a farmhand at all, but I do know that they don't feed pigs all day, every day. There's a time for lunch, there's a time for dinner. And I wonder, what are the chances that the pigs would have been there if they would have spent all that time? Just an hour later, would those pigs have been there for the legion to be cast out into them, out of that man? You see, the second thing I've learned is that just like not everyone is meant to handle the storm with us, we are not meant to handle the storm of every person on our journey. You see, we all have these boats, this delivery system that we're stepping into. You, you see, the crowd had grown so large that Jesus picked a boat. And back then, boats won't, weren't for showing off and speedboating and tubing. They had boats for fishing. They had boats for traveling, delivering goods. It wasn't a vacation. They didn't have these big old motors, these nice fancy boats for all their friends to go have a good, you know, Sunday afternoon on the lake on. They didn't have that. You see, they had some boats that were made for fishing, some for travel, some for delivering goods. And I just sit here and think, I'm like, man, like there are some people getting in their boats, their boat of depression, their boat of anxiety. And there, let me tell you, friend, there are some things that I won't be able to speak to on that boat and that's okay. You see, there's some storms that call for battleships and all we have are lifeboats. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm going to war, I don't want to be in a lifeboat. <laughs> if I'm going through a storm in the middle of the ocean, the last thing I want to be on is a lifeboat. <laughs> you see, they build these battleships. They build these large um, modes of transportation for the water to, withhand, uh, uh, to, to withstand the storms that come in the ocean. Lifeboats are backup. But let me tell you, just because you have a lifeboat and not a battleship doesn't render you useless in the kingdom of God. God has equipped you with the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to kick hell in the mouth when it comes knocking on my front door. And I'm going to tell you right now, church, yeah, y'all can go ahead and clap. Y'all can go ahead and clap. I'm going to tell you right now, church, that there are some people right now that are in the middle of hell. The storm is coming down and it is beating their boat up. They're sitting on the Titanic. And let me tell you something, they may be trying to escape on a lifeboat, but they've got to have someone waiting there for them to bring them to safety. I was reading the story of the Titanic. It said that they had all these lifeboats set up. Only a few people were able to make it on the lifeboats out of that crew that was on the Titanic. There was about 2,200 people, only about 700 made it out on lifeboats. They had room for 1,600 people on those boats just due to miscounting and the frantic panic of the chaos. But let me tell you guys, it said that there were ships that could not make it to them because if they got too close, they were gonna join the Titanic. But those lifeboats had to have somewhere to go. And as the church, it is our responsibility, it is our duty, it is our calling to be that safe place for the people that are in the middle of their wreckage. Amen, church? You see, we're, not everyone is called to our storm and we're not called to everyone's storm. 
But I will tell you that if God calls you to the storm, he's gonna equip you for the storm. You see, what, he'll, what, what he's equipped you with will get you through the storm. You just have to keep him at the center of it. You see, the disciples, they're freaking out on the boat. They're panicking. They're not sure what they're gonna do and they go and they wake Jesus up. And it's not because they didn't forget him. It's just they didn't have faith that he was gonna keep it calm for them. I wanna be like Jesus, y'all. I wanna be able to take a nap during the storm. I love my nap time. I call it my non-active prayer time. But let me tell you, sometimes it's hard to have some non-active prayer when the storm is raging outside of our house, outside of our boat and in our communities. I think of Moses, who's stuttering to God, but, 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 but God, but, but, I, just, I have a stutter, I have a stutter. He's got all the excuses in the world. Yet, God knew. The thing I've been hung up the most on lately is but God. God, I'm in the middle of the storm, but God. God, I'm dealing with some frustrations, but God. God, how am I gonna pay these bills, but God. You see, if he calls us to it, he'll equip us for it. And see, it's not that he's, oh, God will, God will call the people who are already equipped to do great things, but just as much as he'll call, you know, he'll call the equipped, he'll, he equips the called. Moses had a stutter and gave God every excuse, but he stood and faced God in all his glory and came down and delivered the Ten Commandments. He was a leader for God's people. He was chosen, he was set aside. And I'm here to tell you guys that as the church, we are set aside. God saw you from the beginning of time. He knew every hair on your head, every cell in your body. There was no surprise to him. That sickness in your body was no surprise to God. He knew it, but he still called you to greater things. I submit to you that a lot of times, you know, everybody has a storm, right? Everybody's got something they're walking through. Everybody's got some issues in their life they've got to handle. Everybody's called to someone else's mess at some point. But I'll tell you right now that there doesn't have to be a storm for chaos to damage your boat. You see, we get so frustrated and we're sitting there, our boat's rocking, the water is submerging our boat and we're freaking out. We're like, Jesus, why is there water in my boat? And he's like, Lane, it's because you're rocking it. <laughs> and I know it sounds funny and whatnot, but I'm telling you guys, some of you guys are rocking your boat to the left and to the right and water is beginning to sink it and you're getting mad at God because he won't pull you out of the situation. And I believe he's speaking to you right now and telling you, if you would be still, if you would be still and know that I am God, we're gonna make it through. You see, it's hard to find peace when you're the chaos ensuing on your boat. It's hard to find peace when the Prince of Peace is on the shore. You see, it says that Jesus was already in the boat. If you read a little earlier in Mark 4, he's standing there on the, and he's standing on the ground. He's preaching to the crowds. It said the crowd grew so large, he picked a boat and he got in it. We don't know whose boat he picked. We just know he picked one. It is our job to prepare our boat in a way that Jesus can step out on it. When the time arrives, it's our job to prepare that place for him. 
I think one other interesting thing in this story is that we see that, you know, the disciples are panicking and Jesus, he rebukes the wind and says to the sea, be still. And what I love about this is that the disciples are panicked, but God doesn't remove them from the storm. He just silences the storm. So often we're begging God in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our situation, God, please take me out of it. God, please get rid of it and get me away from here. But God's saying, no, I'm not gonna get you out of the middle of it, but I'll calm the storm for you. I'll be your peace. You see, Jesus isn't gonna remove us from the journey. He's just gonna ease the burden of the journey. You don't have to believe me, but in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, it says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All of you, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for yourselves for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, Jesus just wants to ease the burden, not erase it. So often we're begging God, God, please take it all away. Remove me from the situation. But here in his word, he promises, cast your yoke upon me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Cast it on me and I will give you rest. If you guys could just close your heads, bow your eyes with me. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are the master of the storm, God. I thank you that you are the peace and the calm in our chaos, God. And I pray right now, Lord, against every situation, God, that may be distracting us from you. Lord, I pray and come against the enemy and every weapon that's being formed against us, Lord, for your word says it shall not prosper. God, I thank you, Lord, for the journey. And I thank you for the storm. And I pray, God, that as we walk through it, Lord, that we would keep you at the center, that we would prepare a place for you to rest in our lives. God, and I pray that as we may lose focus, God, on our situation, Lord, that you would help us to keep our eyes directly focused on you, not to the left, to the right, not focused on the crowd behind us, but God, what you're calling us to. Lord, I thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I thank you for the promise of peace that you give us. It's in your name we pray. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. Why don't you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin, 
and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.